Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Giants 8, the Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And based on the listener numbers this weekend, you did not enjoy baseball being played this weekend. I don't know if it was just because it was a holiday weekend, or if the Cavs playoff thing threw you off, or what, but man, yeah, there was not a lot of interest in this series, and for good reason, because we got our butts kicked. I mean, we legit got our butts kicked by the San Francisco Giants. They are a ridiculously good baseball team. They were one of the best teams in the National League, right? They were one of the big stories of the National League, how they defied expectations last year. Everybody thought the Dodgers and the Padres were going to run away with that division, and they probably thought it again this year, too. But the Giants have proved that they are a good, legit, contending baseball team, and the Guardians, yeah, we might be we might be middle of the pack right now, which means you can go in and you can beat up on a Kansas City. I know not the first two games, but you could beat up on a Kansas City or you could beat up on a Cincinnati. But when you face a team like the Giants, boy, just things come crashing back down to earth, right? Very, very quickly. All right, before we jump into the storylines of this game, I just want to say thank you because we got another five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are an all-five-star reviewed podcast, which is really cool. If you want to help the show grow, go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever app you are listening on. I think I think Spotify does it now, and some of the other ones do it. So it really helps the show grow, so thank you so much for that support. I've also seen some of you pop up on uh, Twitter uh, and I tried tweeting as much as I could during the game yesterday. Just, you know, the things I was seeing, you know, I try. I'm not in this to be a huge Twitter follow, right? I, that's not what I'm here for. I like talking baseball. I like having a real conversation about baseball. Frankly, most of the conversation on Twitter gets pretty obnoxious. I mean, they were debating all weekend about trading Ahmed Rosario and wanting to see uh, Arias up here already. And it's like, you know, there is a game going on. There are things to talk about. So let's talk about the actual game on the field. And like I said, the San Francisco Giants absolutely take it to the Cleveland Indians on this one. We got Alex Wood going up against Aaron Savali. And it's not that Savali didn't pitch all right. I thought his breaking stuff was pretty good. He hangs one uh, to Estrada in the second inning. It goes for a two-run home run. But then, frankly, in the fourth inning, it was the Guardians' defense that let him down on the day. And Francona knew it. Francona talked about it in the postgame presser. They got to be better defensively. They had two opportunities to turn double plays in that fourth inning uh, and get out of that thing. And instead, they end up giving up two runs, one earned, one unearned run in that fourth inning. And it just was one of those days where Every time you look, the Giants are putting two more runs on the board. So uh, it starts with a Darren Ruff ground out that fourth inning. Jock Peterson would then single. Then Brandon Crawford would hit a chopper to Bobby Bradley to get stuck in the webbing of his glove. Are you kidding me? Is this Little League? Is this old man softball? What have you ever seen? That's the stuff that happens in a kid's baseball movie. That's the stuff that happens in like Angels in the Outfield in Little Big League. Where, uh, or does it happen in, I think it happens in Major League. There's, there's, there's definitely a baseball movie out there where someone throws the entire glove 
to make an out at first base. You don't see that in the Major League Baseball. I have no idea what happened there. Uh, if I were Bobby Bradley, I would not be using a glove anymore that has that individual pieces to the webbing. I'm saying go get me a solid piece of leather and uh, you know restitch this glove because that's ridiculous that that would happen. It could have been a double play to get him out of the inning. It would have been a nice one, two, three inning. Instead, uh, Wilmer Flores would draw a walk, load the bases, and Estrada would come up again. The guy who already homered once off of Savali. He comes up. He hits a chopper to shortstop this time. It looks like it's going to be another double play to get out of the inning. Instead, Owen Miller throws it in the dirt. Bobby Bradley... Should have scooped it, right? You got to get that glove down and scoop some dirt and get that glove a little dirty. Instead, he thinks he's going to catch it before it hits the ground and ends up not going down for it. And it scoots under his glove. And uh, not only does the first run come in, but because the ball gets away from Bradley and goes into the dugout, another run comes in to score. So a super costly mistake there on defense from Owen Miller and Bobby Bradley. Owen Miller would have another one where a ball would ricochet off his glove and go out into center field. A hard, hard shot that would score another run. So defensively, yeah, the right side of the infield really, really struggling on this day. And it cost them. It cost the Guardians big time because they should have. I mean, a 2-0 game, they can they can hang in there on a 2-0 game. 4-0 game, it starts to get a little more dicey. Once I got up to 6 nothing, oh boy, we were really in trouble. And it was all Estrada. It was all Thierio Estrada who was delivering for the San Francisco Giants. And obviously, we don't spend a lot of time. He has the homer. He has the RBI fielder's choice. And then he has the RBI double in the sixth inning uh, that scores Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson having, an, again, a revenge tour against the Guardians. Uh, Estrada scores him there, and then Duggar was with the single. That was the hard smash that allowed Estrada to come in to score, the one that goes off Owen Miller's glove at 103.8 mile-per-hour exit velocity. So that was Estrada's contribution. And, yeah, we don't see the Giants very often. So many of you were probably wondering, who is this guy? Who is Estrada? Well, you may have remembered him from the Yankees uh, organization. He was one of these guys that signed at a very young age, Uh, Back in 2012, he signed as a free international free agent with the Yankees out of Venezuela. Took a long time coming up through their system, made his major league debut in 2019, and kind of bounced around uh, back and forth between AAA in the majors for 2019, 2020, and 2021. Did I get all those 20s in there? And uh, eventually, they have to DFA him because they uh, acquired Runin Odor. And so they go with a veteran over one of their top prospects. I think he got up to number eight in their system at one point as far as their prospect rankings go. So they DFA him and the San Francisco Giants come calling and they basically work out a trade for cash. They basically buy him from the Yankees and he's delivered. He's been really productive so far in San Francisco. Guy is a really good defensive player looking over at fan graphs. Uh, they've got his hit grade at a 45 right now with the potential for a 55. Uh, not much power. Speed, yes. They got him at a 60 grade on the speed. Fielding, they've got him at a 45 with the potential for 50. And throws, his arm, they've got him at a 55 grade. Remember, this is on the 2080 grading scale. So a little bit more known defensively uh, and known more as a contact hitter. Well, he certainly, certainly showed some power uh, in this game, right? 
with the big home run uh, to kick things off, and then uh, the big RBI double to really put things out of reach uh, in that sixth inning. So a huge game from Estrada kind of does the Guardians in. Now, that's not to say the Guardians weren't without their chances. I mean, offensively, the Guardians gave themselves plenty of opportunities. Jose Ramirez does get thrown out trying to stretch a single into a double in that first inning. Uh, but they would have many opportunities where they would start an inning with a runner on base. Bobby Bradley would lead off the third inning with a single. Couldn't do anything behind him. Eventually, Miles Straw would walk. After two outs, Miles Straw would walk to put runners on first and second, and then Owen Miller would strike out to end that threat. The fourth was pretty ugly. You go three, four, five in the lineup, three quick outs from Ramirez, Reyes, and Rosario. Ernie Clement would lead off the fifth with a double. Three outs behind him. They couldn't even move him up to third base. Bobby Bradley would strike out, Mercado would fly out, and Hedges would ground out to end that threat. Straw leads off the six with the single. Then Owen Miller walks. Probably our best chance here. Our first two guys in the lineup on. Sets the table for the three, four hitters. Instead, Jose Ramirez pops out right behind the infield. And then Reyes grounds into a double play. I mean, it's not like the Guardians weren't giving themselves chances. I mean, at this game, it's at this point, the game is slipping further and further out of control. In the sixth inning, you're down 6 nothing. Then in the seventh, Brandon Belt hits his two-run home run after an Austin Slater walk. So now it's really out of control. But you're still leading off the inning with a runner on base. Ahmed Rosario would still walk to lead off the seventh. They finally do something with this one. After two quick outs after that, Oscar Mercado would single. And then Austin Hedges finally gets the monkey off his back, finally drives a single through the left side, and it scores Ahmed Rosario, the only run of the game for the Guardians. So Austin Hedges, finally a hit from the catcher position. I think they were like 0 for 28 with a couple walks before that collectively from the catcher's position. The good news is like Luke Miley, Miley uh, down in AAA actually is crushing the ball in his rehab starts. So Luke Miley may be the hero we didn't know we needed the catching position once he comes back and Lavastida goes back down to AAA to play every day. So yeah, they were getting guys on base. They just couldn't do much with it, right? Everything just fizzled very quickly for the Guardians on this day. And maybe that's because they were pitching, facing one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, led by the starter Alex Wood on this one. Wood goes five innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts on 87 pitches. He's hard hit five times, where Savali goes four innings, gives up four hits, four runs, three earned, one walk and five strikeouts himself does give up the home run on 74 pitches. He's also hard hit five times. Uh, but yeah, Alex Wood was really, really good. And going over to the player breakdown here, what pitch was he doing it with? It was his sinker, his hard sinker. He only got three whiffs on 15 swings. So you're saying, Davey, what's so impressive about that? Well, he got 16 called strikes on his sinker, basically his fastball. 16 called strikes, good for a 41% CSW. That is ridiculously good. I mean, neither of his other pitches, his uh, slider was a 26% CSW, and his changeup was 30, which he only threw 10 times. It was basically sinker slider most of the day. Now, looking at Alex Wood's StatCast page, and going back to 2021, yeah, that sinker is his best pitch. In fact, that sinker is one of the best pitches in baseball. 
It had a run value last year of negative 13, which for the pitchers, for the pitchers, you want negative number for your run value for your pitch. And you're limiting runs with that pitch. Negative 13 from the sinker, negative 4 from the slider, plus 5 from the changeup. So, and, you know, they color code these things on StatCast to let you kind of know where it fits in the league. So, the deeper the red color, the closer it is to the top percentile in the entire league. The more blue it is, the deeper the blue, the lower it is, the worse on the percentile rankings it is compared to the rest of the league. So, he has one of the best sinkers in all of baseball. And, yeah. He really used it effectively going over to the illustrator here just to see where all these called strikes were. And it looks like he was pounding that sinker up and in on a lot of these right-handed hitters. Owen Miller took a lot of called strikes up and in at the letter. Some of these even off the plate. In fact, this guy, this umpire, had a ridiculously wide strike zone. He was giving off the plate to the left and right of the plate. Usually you see it one way or the other, right? No, this guy was having a really wide strike zone. Uh, He threw a couple out there to Bobby Bradley, got one under the hands of Fermil Reyes. Ahmed Rosario took a couple of called strikes. Oscar Mercado up there. So yeah, so a lot of up. And then frankly, a lot down the middle. At the knees, at the thighs, down the middle. They took a lot of called strikes here. And then there are a couple of ridiculous ones off the plate to the uh, right of the plate in the left-hand batter's box. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, this one's at least two or three baseballs off the plate. That's to start his at-bat in the second inning. And then another one of Fermil Reyes out here to start his at-bat in the fourth inning. Uh, so yeah, so that's where all the called strikes were. Now, that's not to say that the Guardians didn't get their fair share of called strikes out there. Savali definitely got one to start an at-bat against Kirk Casale. Casale, I mean, this thing is three or four baseballs off the plate, and he gets it for a called strike uh, to start the at-bat in the third inning. He, in the first inning, he freezes Darren Ruff with a hard sinker that's a that's a baseball off the plate on a 3-2 count, by the way, to end the first inning. So I understand why Ruff would be upset there. And he also got a curveball on the edge there on an 0-1 count. Uh, so he was mostly getting the calls to the left-hand batter's box uh, side of the plate. But yeah. It's a, it was a wide strike zone. So yeah, that's what Alex Wood was doing against us. And it was a pretty dominant performance. By the time their bullpen comes into the game, things are pretty much out of control. They're pretty much on cruise control to the end of the game. Eli Morgan did not fare well in his inning. Anthony Castro didn't fare well in his inning. They both give up two runs. Uh, and then Connor Pilkington actually does okay to finish the game in the eighth and ninth inning. But at that point, you know, the foot was kind of off the gas uh, from the San Francisco Giants. They had an 8 nothing lead. They could pretty much cruise to the end of this game. So that was what was going on in this one on the pitching side of things. Man, Wood getting the called strikes. I don't know if that's... If it's just the Guardians hitters trying to be patient, trying to work counts, well, it didn't work on this one. I mean, working the count's kind of pointless when the guy is just attacking relentlessly. And going to the count breakdown here, Wood goes to a 1-0 count five times. Never goes to a 2-0 count. Never goes to a 3-0 count. By the way, when he does fall behind 1-0, goes off speed. That's something to look for for the next team that faces Alex Wood. If he does miss with that first pitch... You're getting, he threw four sliders and one changeup. So you're getting something off speed 1 0. 
But yeah, stays ahead. I mean, 0-2, 1-2, ahead of the Guardians hitter so many times in this game. In fact, even when you mix in the relief pitchers, they only go to a 2-0 count once the entire game amongst the four pitchers that faced us yesterday. It's constantly staying ahead. Meanwhile, Guardians pitchers were just all over the place. A couple of people make it to a four people make it to a 2-0 count. Someone does make it to a 3-0 count. A couple of 3-1 pitches. So yeah, Guardians pitchers were a little bit more behind on the day than the San Francisco Giants pitchers were. So I thought that was interesting as well to show you which team was really pitching well yesterday. So, I mean, an 8-1 blowout, there's not much nuance to it. There's not much nuance. The offense, nobody had a huge offensive day. Uh, Ernie Clement with the only extra base hit. Other than that, it's a couple of singles sprinkled in there. And, I mean, not many walks to even say on the day to get guys on base and get rallies going. So, MVP for the day, I mean, it's kind of pointless on this one, to be frank. I'll give it to Austin Hedges. He gets the only RB on the day. He gets the monkey off the back for finally getting a hit, for finally breaking the Ofer streak. Austin Hedges can have MVP for the day. We didn't even do it yesterday either. I kind of forgot it yesterday. Um, it's hard to give out MVP on the day when you're getting your butts kicked all weekend and you're getting swept swept by the San Francisco Giants. So we have got a huge series coming up against the Chicago White Sox. It's always nice to test yourself early against your division rivals uh, to start the season, kind of see where we're at against them. Uh, We see them, it looks like it's a little more spread out this year. It looks like we saw them so much at the beginning of last season. So we have this home four-game homestand against them in April Then we go to their place once in May for a three-game set. We will see them again in July. We go back to their place. Oh, we got a home and away series with them in July with a Detroit series in between. And so, yeah, we're really spreading this thing out. We, We get them at home once in August. And what about at the end of the season? We face them one more time in their place. Uh, towards the end of the season. So we're really spreading this thing out against the White Sox this year, and that'll be fun if they are our main competition for the division. That's right. I believe we are going to compete for the AL Central Division. I believe we're going to be in this thing all season. Yes, we got our butts kicked by the Giants, but there'll be plenty of teams where we go out and kick their butts, right? Detroit's, Kansas City's, Oakland's, Baltimore's of the world. Although, everything's kind of a little unpredictable right now, right? Some teams that you thought were going to be terrible, Oakland and Baltimore, frankly, aren't doing that terrible right now. Uh, Nobody's really that terrible right now that we can really separate like that. So we'll see how we do against these big division rivals. We'll see. Uh, Texas is 2-7. and Cincinnati's 2-8. and Cincinnati's probably the worst Worst team in baseball right now, and we took advantage of it. We beat them for two games. They've lost six in a row now after starting the season two and two. So, yeah, let's see what we can do. We got some fun pitching matchups. Uh, apparently, they had it wrong the other day. Apparently, it is Bieber starting today against Keuchel. Um, so, that'll be a fun matchup. Uh, then we've got Lambert against Tristan McKenzie on uh, Tuesday. We've got Cease, Dylan Cease versus Plesak. On Wednesday, and then Thursday, it's back to Quantrill against Kopech uh, going for the White Sox. So some really fun pitching matchups here uh, 
and it's going to be at home. They're going to be cold games. Uh, who knows what the weather's going to be doing down at Progressive Field this week. It's going to be 70s and 80s by the weekend, but it might snow today. To let you know, for those of you around the world, to let you know what we're dealing with in Cleveland, uh, what a spring is like in Cleveland, there will be snow flurries today. And by Saturday, it's going to be 70 and 80 degrees and sunny. So, oh boy, it is fun in springtime in Cleveland. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. You know, let's put this series behind us. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, the offense has to get themselves back together. They've got to collectively, you know, they got to sit down, look each other in the eyes and say, we got to get back to doing what we were doing to start the season. And we'll see if they can deliver against White Sox pitching, which is frankly always pretty good. I mean, San Francisco is one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. Frankly, your Guardians have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And so do the White Sox. So these are going to be battles. And it's going to be a fun four-game set throwing yourself up against one of the top teams in the American League this time. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. It was a shorter episode, but like I said, when you get beat 8-1, to one, there's not much nuance to it. You got beat. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Giants 8, the Guardians 1. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Shane Bieber. You do not want to miss those episodes. Always a lot of good stuff to talk about. You can follow me on Twitter at David Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.